0: Thank you for joining me to, for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Jim Tam. He is the Principal Client Director at Corn Ferries Digital Group, where he advises organizations on how to improve their sales effectiveness through using world-class sales methodology and technology. I have Stuart Wiggins. He's with Induna Advisors, where he offers fractional chief operating officer services and brings resources together to help scale your business. And I have Gary Fredericks, he is the CEO of On Point Partners, where they provide back office services for small businesses. The question today, how did you transition from being an individual contributor to being a leader?
1: Well, I think that everybody kind of leads in their own right, right? You don't need to have the title to be a leader, right? Mm. I can just look at my own career path, where I thought at one point, you know, leading an organization with a lot of people with some fancy title in some quarter office was kind of how you define success. And as I've matured in my own career and realized what makes me happy, I am now an individual contributor, and I love it. I said to people who, you know, ask me whether I want to lead again, I said, well, I'll mentor and coach anybody. But formal responsibilities, you know, let's let somebody else take the reins this time.
0: Oh, interesting. So you transitioned into being a leader and then back into being an yeah. uh, individual contributor. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Stuart, mm-hmm. what about you? I don't
2: think that there was ever any transitional period because I've always felt that leadership is most effective when it's informal Mm. without the title. I can be a leader without having, without paying, paying my chest and saying I'm a leader. Now, having said that, the transition was the prep that goes with, you know, maybe taking more formal roles, you know, the education, the reading, the conversations, you know, that could all be part of the transition period, but it wasn't as though that was always the plan. It's just that those things came with the, um, with the understanding that at some point you would be in a formal leadership position, but the best leaders are the ones that don't have a title.
3: Yeah, I think I've always been a leader. I, I've always kind of grasped responsibility and marched to the beat of my own drummer, even as a kid in high school. And people tended to follow me. I don't know why, but, you know, and then as i got older uh, people would tell me that hey i i jumped through uh, flaming hoops for you cuz you're so dynamic and confident when i was 12 my uncle asked me what i wanted to do when i got got older and i said i want to run companies i want i want to manage people i want to talk to people and show them there's there's better ways that that things can happen for them and, and that's what i've been doing my whole life
0: so here's the challenge i had when i had to transition from being An individual contributor to being a leader is I was really good at being a contributor and being a leader, doing that kind of mixed job thing. But when I got promoted to a position where I was supposed to do more leader and less do the work, I had a really hard time letting go of do the work as an individual contributor.
3: Yeah, and I think I have the reverse. The reverse thing. I started out on Wall Street. I was obviously an individual contributor, but then I became a leader. I have my own business and I'm a leader, but I'm also an individual contributor. And I don't like that part as much. Ah. I'm not a detail oriented person. That's my partner. She's really good at it. And so we try to stay in our lanes, but sometimes you can't, you know, small company, you have to wear a lot of hats.
1: I mean, I guess my experience in being a leader is just watching other people, you know, lead, right. And then you kind of learn, And then you realize sometimes it comes natural to some people, and then some people, they need to go to class, they need coaching, and they need to read tons of books in order to be a leader. In Gary's case, he was always kind of destined to be a leader. And there's some people kind of get into these roles by default, right? How many leaders get promoted having been groomed to be a leader? Statistics say 86% of managers get into their roles because of the next man up or the next woman up, not because they were groomed for those positions, right? And then they realize they may may need some work, (laughs) need some help. Now, you're
3: talking about the Peter principle, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I well, think that's why I've always advocated
2: nobody getting a role of increased responsibility unless they're prepared for that role. And you've heard me talk about this before, Robin. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, people get in leadership positions, and if they're not successful, did they get that role because of the job they did last? And then that's really all they really know. It's a matter of scope and scale. So it's one thing leading a group of maybe 100 employees, but then when you lead a group of maybe 2,000 employees, scope and scale is different. So Mm -hmm. you have to be able to get things done through people, uh, but you still have to be able to get your message out to the rank and file so that they know who the leader is. That's why I always laugh at that TV show, Undercover Boss is what it's called. Mm -hmm. I I say shame on that guy or that person if people don't know who you are. People need to know that you're the leader and you're available and
0: they can talk to you. But you can't teach that. It hmm. comes within the person, I think. Yeah. If you were going to give advice to an emerging leader, that person who has been the hard worker, getting things done, individual contributor, and now they've been promoted into being a leader and they have to let go of some of that individual contributor and trust the people under them to do it, what advice would you give?
2: Don't say or do anything for 60 days. Just observe. Seriously. Because what happens is, You don't want to come in and say something or do something that, you know, the wrong impression is given or has a less than optimal outcome for the organization. It's okay to be a leader and watch. It's okay to be a leader and ask questions. One of the criticisms, which I love having of me, is I ask a lot of questions. Well, you learn if you ask a lot of questions.
0: I feel like, because I know someone right now who just got promoted into her first leadership job, and if she didn't do anything, the entire thing would fall apart because she's been an individual contributor for so long. The company just basically added leadership responsibility on.
3: It's not that you don't do anything. It's that you don't make any changes or decisions until you've had a chance to hear what everybody working there has to say. I, that's what I do. I, 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 used to have to go into businesses in my company that were failing and we had to figure out how to turn them around. And I spent the first two months or three months just interviewing people and talking, you know, what works well on your, that you do, what, what do you think needs improvement? And then you come out with a plan and they're all behind it. Cause they, they can hear their own, mm. their own words in that, in that plan. But it's important to do that. It's important to respect your workers. If I, if I were giving someone Uh, advice, I would say first listen, second, be yourself.
2: Mm.
1: I think authenticity is really important. I think to your scenario about an emerging leader. I think sometimes, you know, you get the title and you feel like you need to do a lot of things right away because people are watching. But you know, just be yourself, ask a lot of questions, and don't be afraid to also ask for help or don't be afraid to make mistakes in front of your people. That authenticity is going to get people to endear to your leadership style a little bit more. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm. I spoke to somebody recently and they got promoted into a larger role. And from the outside looking in, they didn't know what the previous person did in that role. And it looked like they didn't do anything. Mm. They said, oh, I got this. And then they got into the role. And then they found out there's a lot of moving parts. Again, my counsel was, sit back and observe. You don't have to do everything. There are people Within the organization, and know what to do. I mean, imagine if, if any of you were in an organization and Stuart Wiggins came in and started making all these wholesale changes and say, "You need to do this. You need to do that," and this has always been wrong. I mean, how effective am I going to be a, as a leader three months down the road?
0: But is it different if you're brought in from the outside as opposed to if you're just promoted upward from being in an organization?
1: Absolutely. A lot of times, if you're promoted up, you may be matching people that were once your peers. And that's where the difficulty is, right? Because they know you, the old Jim, always a good guy. And now all of a sudden, you're 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 telling me what to do now, Jim?
0: And I,
3: I think it's the opposite. I think when you get promoted from within, people know who you are, at least. You have to manage that issue of, you know, these used to be my friends, and now they, you know, I'm the boss. But if you're coming in from the outside... You're just another so-and-so coming in here to tell us how to do our jobs. I think there's a lot more animosity in the beginning when you come in from outside than when you get promoted up. See, that personifies the point even more
2: that when you promote somebody up, that you need to prepare them
3: Mm -hmm. to be
2: successful. And there's lots of literature out there that talks about the person that goes from, i.e. rank and file, into a leadership position, because the job is not going to be difficult. It's nuancing the relationships that you left behind that you are now in a leadership role. And whoever promoted you did you a disservice by not preparing you for that role
0: uh, before you before you took it. Yeah, the person that I know that just got promoted, she's been trying to find support. And what she's finding is all the leadership training is for people who have been leaders for a while. And they ask things like, Well, give an example when XYZ happened. She's like, I've been a leader for three weeks. I have no idea. <laughs> I need more ground level. Like, what am I doing here? And she hasn't been able to get that. And what I'm hearing in this conversation from the three of you is that there is no straight line. Oh, now you're an emerging leader. This is how it works. It's very much kind of figured out, jump in the deep end, read the books, learn, ask your people around you for support. So I appreciate you sharing that with me that that was your experience because I think that's going to be really helpful for people who watch this conversation. I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon.